<laughs> well, let's start right now. What do you say? Okay. All right. Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening, David. Yes. How you doing? Uh, it's it's like it's like postpartum depression. <laughs> I'm going through withdrawals. The the post holiday blues. That's how it is for me because I like uh, Christmas and uh-huh. I enjoy New Year's and then after that it's like, ugh, now it's just my life. And it's cold. I like the cold, but that's me. Yeah. Yeah. I like bundling up. I don't mind the cold. I hate when it's wet. That's why I like mm. Los Angeles. There's no snow on the ground. That's true. Yes, yes. But anyway. Um, yeah. Th- uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, bearing with us during our week off yeah. at Comic-Con. We were kind of tried to record some stuff from there. It didn't really work out. We'll, we'll iron out the kinks next year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's I'm just uh, in Comic-Con withdrawal right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you very what. Bummed, very I bummed. I tell you what. I I kind of am as well. I know it that's going to sound fun, strange. Right? We'll get to that soon. We sure will. But we first. did two weeks ago. We did our Comic Con like our look ahead to Comic Con. Yeah. You know? We were all bright eyed and bushy tailed about <laughs> exactly what was coming up. What fools we were. Um, no, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Uh, with with Vankman from Geek Tyrant. Now we have another guest who was at Comic Con with us. My ride to San Diego. Patrick Starr from Pretend for Real Studios. Hello. I guess uh, you get on this show for giving you a ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's at Pretend For Real on Twitter, right? Is that you? Uh, that is, yeah. yeah. There, that is uh, my studio. Okay, yes. well, let's... Uh, welcome, Patrick. Yes. Um, let's talk about... Before we get into Comic-Con, because that's what we're going to do. We're going to look back at, at Comic-Con mm-hmm. uh, movie stuff and, and other otherwise. Uh, Can we call this one Comic-Con, a look back? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um uh, Patrick, first tell us about Pretend for Real Studios. Uh, Pretend for Real Studios is a very small animation and production house, and we've been making music videos and doing motion graphics, opening titles for uh, pretty pretty much genre-type mm-hmm. content. Lots of monsters, zombies. Uh, clowns? Others, clowns. Some, <laughs> some clown-related, juggalo-related right. in- people. Oh, really? Yeah, it makes me cringe. Ah. As well. I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to uh, the best show on WFMU. Um, it's a radio show We're, that's... Uh, a, yeah. yeah. A weekly radio show out of WFMU in New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, nine to midnight on Tuesdays. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, and it's uh, hosted by Tom Sharpling. But there was a, a thing... Probably one of my favorite... I don't really listen to the show anymore uh, for reasons that I'll actually be getting to... In this episode, oddly enough. Wow. Um, do they have to do with Maury Chaikin? Uh, no, that's for something else. Oh. Um, what doesn't have to do with Maury Chaikin, <laughs> David? Uh, but uh, my favorite, probably my favorite section of that show ever was uh, Tom Sharpling and comedian Paul F. Tompkins uh, listen, uh, watching a promotional video for, uh, what is it? Um, I think it was the 10th annual. The 10th annual Gathering, gathering of, of the, the Juggalos. Juggalos. And, Which is uh, in rural Illinois. And there are helicopter rides. <laughs> there sure are. There's no question about that. Uh, and it just... And I didn't know that ICP was still... Uh, I'm sorry, the Insane Clown Posse. Mm. I didn't know they were still around. Turns out they're they're not going anywhere. And they are legion. They, yeah, they're, they've got yeah. a huge uh, fan base. And yeah. so what do you do for them? Uh, well, I had no clue the, the like amount of people that were still fans of that kind of stuff but <laughs> oh let me interrupt i wanted to uh, a, a guy i used to work with at the video store um a, a different a, a video store um 
when I, I was surprised to learn that he was into ICP, and he said this with a straight face to me. He said, I wouldn't call myself a juggalo, but I'm definitely down with the clown. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I know uh, when the video was posted, going on to their message boards, I, I had to take a shower afterwards. It was uh, it was disturbing. It's, oh, okay. it's a certain a certain breed that loves that kind of stuff. But the video uh, you did was not for ICP proper. No, it wasn't. It was for uh, the band Twisted, which is also just their their juggalos. Yeah, I guess uh, it was a fun video though. I got to animate monsters for a few months. So I can't complain. Absolutely not. Of course. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't get to do that. No. It's um, now, what is the, uh, so what is Twisted if not, what, it, what is a Juggalo? I don't know any of this. I mean, Juggalos are, I guess, it's initially ICP fans. They okay. sort of yes. founded it. But now there's this whole culture of Juggalos and then there are Juggalo groups, just other groups that are, okay. that do this form of clown-based Mostly white uh, horrorcore, um, man. And uh, there's, there's a there's a large kind of comedy twist to it. Not not, uh, not, not that I find it funny, but <laughs> that's the certain people do, I guess. Now, uh, in regards to this twisted video, I'm sorry to. It's T W I Z T I D. Twisted. Twisted. Yes. Twisted. Is that it? Yes. It <laughs> oh, doesn't feel good at all in the mouth. Um, yeah. They make movies and stuff for their fans. It's it's just insane. Comic books, movies, and I don't know. They probably have video games. Uh, oh, I wouldn't man, be there, surprised. There have to be video. And you're a part of it, kind of. I, I, I was part of it for a few months. Now, what? Okay, so I'm sorry to really lock into this, but I've become really fascinated now. Um, so this, so for Twisted, um, it's uh, this sounds re- we're very we're all very condescending right now. By the way, <laughs> sorry everyone, I'm not apologizing that much. Um, so in this in this video, what uh, what happens? And were you just responsible for bringing somebody else's vision to life, or or like what what role do you play? Uh, for the most part, I did all the. Uh, kind of the previs but okay. the story was constructed by uh other members of pretend for real mm-hmm. the company and then they like, t- twisted themselves okay um and in this this video it's called a uh, buckets of blood is the the track you can look it up on youtube um i think i will it yeah <laughs> it's not a bad... I'm okay with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, is the, the premise of the video is some type of weird electrical storm is going through a town and it starts turning people into just ravenous monsters. Except for one kid who, for whatever reason, doesn't turn into a bad monster, but a monster that wants to fight other monsters. Oh, man. He's like Dexter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, more on that in a moment. <laughs> um, it's, uh, so let me ask you this. Do they all turn into the same type of monster, or is it like this one's a werewolf, this one's a creature from the Black Lagoon, or something like that? You, 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 the werewolf, one turns into a werewolf, and then they're, they're all kind of distinct. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they turn into their own things. All right. Yeah, but um, I mean, our, our studio does other things, too. We don't just do <laughs> <laughs> kind of white, white trash music videos. Uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we've done some, some, we did the opening titles for uh, a recent Warner Brothers uh, series, web series called Chatham with uh, artist Alex Pardee. We, uh-huh. that was a, that's a pretty interesting show. Mm-hmm. Um, we are doing, we did a music video for a magazine called Girls and Corpses. 
which uh, is a kind of a comedy horror magazine. Okay. Yeah. And uh, we've done a bunch of like spots for pilots, and we have a few things right now that are, are really exciting for the studio that are a lot more mainstream. And then what What specific I, – I apologize. David already knows all this information. I don't know any of it, so this is all ignorance on my part. So what, what do you specifically uh, uh, do? I, I guess whatever needs to be done. But uh, I, right. what I predominantly do, I will do the compositing and the okay. final effects on everything and uh, editing. Uh, and sometimes I do the storyboards. Um, yeah, that, that's usually it. Uh, every, everything goes through me. I'm, okay. I'm one of the, the kind of the main people, so every script goes through me and notes are added mm. and that, that kind of stuff. But yeah, predominantly I'd say I'm compositing, editing, and then uh, some animation. So you make or break that company, it sounds like. It's, it's a really small group. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, uh, before we uh, get into it, you were telling a story that I feel like it would be kind of neat. You went to, what was the name of the, the thing you just went to? Oh, this morning I went to a, a C-Graph. C-Graph. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm in the mood to spell things. It's S-I-G-G-R-A-P-H. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, that is not at all how I imagined it. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, now what is that? Uh, it's it's kind of, uh, kind of a convention for... Animation, but more techno- technology-based, so a lot mm-hmm. of uh, Maya, c- kind of motion graphics type stuff. Um, it's all kind of industry tech-based okay. uh, in that, those kinds of fields. And, uh, and you were in the middle of a, of a story uh, that you were yes, telling David, the, is this awesome thing that you the did. The augmented reality kind of goggles. Augmented reality goggles. Yes. What are those, and what did you just experience? Well, it's essentially virtual reality. Okay. Um, but I've never experienced virtual reality like like this before this okay. was pretty amazing but you, what you did is you put on these goggles and it's kind of like it's like like looking through a camera lens and on a table in front of us was a, a skeleton kind of a, a small dinosaur mm-hmm. and as you put the glasses on they start up the program the skeleton becomes a kind of statue of a dinosaur it gets skin and it's mm-hmm. just kind of holds there and then all of a sudden the dinosaur jumps off the table Okay. And it's walking around, but you're also walking around. So it's a it's all virtual space. You're all yeah. in reality. Behind you, people are still walking around. You still see the, the equipment all over the place. But there's a dinosaur walking around through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're, you're looking down at the dinosaur, and then everything behind the dinosaur just turns pure white. And it's hmm. like, like you're in the Matrix all of a sudden. Okay. And then you're in a forest. And everything pretty much 180 degrees from you're looking forward mm-hmm. feels like you're in kind of a video game landscape forest. But everything has depth. And as you move around and walk around, it it shifts perfectly fine. And it was just, it blew my mind. So now, here here's, every time I hear, okay, because that does sound fascinating. You, yeah. you kind of... Uh, Abridged it, and, and that's I appreciate that because because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure David wants to get to it um, or get that's into not true. get into it. Rather, I was enjoying. Um, <laughs> I was enjoying the story both times. I heard. Oh, okay. Um, Although I have more questions now. Oh, okay. Like, there's a dinosaur. Like, so you can see the people that are actually there. You can and see the dinosaur. Y- yes, until it switched over right. to the forest. Then everything. But does, it, does the dinosaur like walk through people? I mean, they can't plan if, for where if people are. You were to go up and walk through it. You you would be able to put your hand right through the face of the dinosaur. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's gosh! A, and that's—I mean—that this is what mankind has dreamed of for millions of years. Yeah, yeah I was going to say it's like to the, walk it's right like up and put your face through the hands through the face of the dinosaur. Yeah. It's like being on a, like what I would imagine the the holodeck would be. You know, not yeah. not that neat, but it was like, wow. And I, my question is this, because I feel like you uh, you would have a better notion for what what where this is all headed. Um, this is going to sound argumentative. Uh-huh. I don't mean for it to. What is the point of that? Uh, of the 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 I'm sorry, augmented reality. The augmented reality. Well, yeah. the way that they're trying to sell it is an educational device. Okay. I, I think um, there were some other presentations there that had kind of more uh, kind of the solar system, and you could see the planets okay. and walk around them. That was kind of cool, or how satellite yeah. works. Maybe someday you could go to Machu Picchu without leaving your living room. <laughs> Whole classrooms, class field trips. You can do it with yeah. multiple people too. The dinosaur one, there was another person in there too. Oh my gosh! Because so. here's the thing: is that sounds so incredibly awesome to me. And uh, as you as you told us the story at first, I immediately thought, well, of course, once you go in, you won't ever want to come out, and that's the inherent problem with something like this. We, David and I, took a science fiction class. We know how it works. <laughs> um, but uh, but what gets me is I remember just thinking, like, oh, well, I'll never be able to. You know, I won't be able to do that. It'll be too expensive, or the f- it's the kind of thing that is displayed at something like Seagraph, uh, where it's yeah. just well, I'm never going to go to that, and uh, not out of uh, not because I have contempt for it or anything like that. And I immediately just thought, like, wow, that'd be a neat thing to do. It's a shame I'll never get to do it. Do you think people will be able to do this sort of? This thing? This seems like something that they'll have in malls by the end of the year. Oh, really? I mean, okay. I, it didn't seem that complicated. The okay. virtual camera setup. Um, it was just the first time I'd ever experienced what I'd read about prior. Um, okay. But it is very disorienting when you come out of it. Um, there was another another uh, presentation that was, it was just a fax machine, a mm-hmm. virtual fax machine. They actually had plastic set up and they had a button that you could press and that was to s- scan or uh, to send. And it was really bizarre because that's a real world object. Why mm-hmm. would you need to create this in a virtual reality environment? Yeah. And... Standing there, playing with it, looking at it, and then taking those glasses off, it was just completely disorienting because hmm. you got it was comfortable in that virtual reality world, pressing right. the buttons and interacting with it, but it wasn't there. So you couldn't, after a while, you couldn't tell the difference between fantasy and reality. I, it was getting to that point. Oh my gosh. So if you'd spent like another half hour in there, I would have been gone. Would have been gone. Did no. you, did no you have back. your totem with you? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to save that for a supplement, everybody. Um, yeah. I apologize for heading down that path, but it really sounded honestly fascinating to me, and I thought the listeners might be interested it, in it. It reminds me of when I, wor- I worked on Beowulf, and they did that all motion capture, you know, and I remember I worked on it a little bit after, like, quote unquote photography or whatever wrapped. Um, so I then went to the editing uh, sort of offices once, but. I remember the scene because I had ever like it was the the ever the images weren't completely done, but uh, it was just um, Robert Zemeckis just walking around this big open space with like a thing that was replicating a camera, and on the screen it w- it looked like he was standing in the Mead Hall in in hmm. Beowulf and like doing a close up of Robin Wright Penn or whatever. And that's what he was seeing on his screen, as if he were standing in the middle of it. Hmm. But he was just walking around a big, empty room. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, they had a few of those kinds of things. Uh, except you didn't need the rooms or the sensors; it was just 
one camera and that sensor on the end of the camera was creating the vir- creating wow. the virtual space. Um, is so is this uh, is Seagraph? Is it every year? Or yes. is it uh, okay? This is the first time I ever went. Okay. Um, I I didn't plan on going last week. I just found out the day before that I had the opportunity, so I took it. Is it something that a non-professional like myself can can attend? Uh, you're not supposed to, but you could. You could. Uh, I mean, there's. Is this like you, a legal you issue? You find or? like a coupon code or something. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah. I mean, normally I you, a non-professional, you'd have to pay. A, I don't know how much. You it wait was, for the security guard to leave. Right. You yeah. beat him up and take his clothes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You pull him behind like a pillar or something, <laughs> right. and then you walk out in his clothes. That's how that works, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that sounds really fascinating, and I and and I uh, I don't know. I like. It's it's always interesting when somebody who has more knowledge than I do about a specific thing like animation and, and special effects and all that, uh, when they when they actually say, "Hey, this thing that I just did is one of the most amazing things I've ever done." Uh, all of a sudden, it's just like, "Oh, geez." Well, I I have I it doesn't take much to impress me, and so uh, I still get amazed by flip books. So uh, <laughs> you know, so the fact that you really vouch for this thing really makes me excited to do it someday, perhaps in a mall. Yeah, I you know, I went into it not not knowing that I was going to be in for this experience either. Mm-hmm. It was completely caught off guard. So I don't know if I would have been told what was going to happen, I might have just kind of been, eh, that was cool, right? I, uh, it it kind of it's borderline, but with it was pretty awesome today. I don't uh, know. Well, you've managed to completely deflate time. my excitement. Well, the second time I do it, it'll be if it's still as awesome. There, there you go. You give me a call. Yeah. Listen, All right. Speaking of conventions, indeed, that Patrick attended. <laughs> let's get into it, shall we? Let's indeed. talk about San Diego Comic Con International 2010, the 41st San Diego Comic Con International. Yeah. Okay. Let, I guess let's go chronologically, which means you can just sit back for a second, Tyler, because right, you I'll, did not attend preview. Night. I'm, I'm going to go get a bottle of water, actually. Uh, okay. Right. Um, how many um, How many Comic Cons was this for you? Uh, I think Patrick? this was my my sixth Comic Con. Not in a row, but right. I went in high school, and then uh, I've been the last few years. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I guess uh, talk about what uh, have you? This is only my se- was only my second year going to preview night. Yeah, um, this is my first year going to preview night. Okay, what impressions of preview night then? Uh, that was insane. <laughs> um, I I figured preview night you'd actually be able to to walk around the floor and look at all the big studio kind of uh, events and uh-huh. just kind of take your time but within like literally five seconds of the doors opening there were lines around booths yeah it's i didn't even know how people could move that fast to get there we were all sort of crammed up uh i mean there's many many entrances you know there's because the exhibit hall is a b c d e f g so six halls that the walls in between have been opened up so it's one big empty place and each hall has two entrances i think mm-hmm. so there are 12 sets of doors that you could That's go right. through um and then there's that rear set of doors but i don't think anybody entered that way uh we'll talk about that when we get to saturday <laughs> and yeah it's uh it, it is insane um I guess that yeah, the thinking is because it's preview night. Not everyone is there. That's going to be there the next few days. It'll be 
open, but you also forget there's no panels going on. So everyone yeah. who is attending preview night is on the floor. Yeah, and I think uh, that's the first time that they release exclusives uh, at certain booths. Yeah, I, a lot, yeah, a lot I, of people want to didn't pay attention to what they were but we were looking on the mo- at them on, on the way down there and they were like action figures and yeah 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 i ended up getting a um uh, at preview night i got a uh, darkwing duck issue one from boom studios written by written by uh, our friend uh ian brill mm-hmm. uh that when they got the i got the one that has the comic-con 2010 exclusive cover i guess there are there are different there's different cover art for mm-hmm. the, for this one and i got it signed and uh Fans of this show, I don't know if you know, Patrick, that my catchphrase or whatever is, let's get into it, shall we? Yes. And Ian signed it, uh, let's get dangerous, shall we? Which I thought was really awesome. That's pretty awesome. Thank and you, I, Ian. That's pretty yeah. neat. And I read it Sunday night when I got home, and it's great. I, I bought the first two issues. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for more. Way to go, Ian. Yes, everybody, if you're a fan of Darkwing Duck, as I was, as we all were when it was uh, when it was on... Um, Seek out the those uh, comic books. They're very good, uh, very funny, but still, but very intelligent. Mm. Um, so, uh, okay, I'm sorry. Did you guys want to talk more about Preview Night? I'll just I'm not really back. sure what else to say about it. It was um, um, you get some other opportunities that maybe you won't get the rest of the rest of the Comic Con. Um, a lot of the artists are still just at their booths, either mm-hmm. setting up or they're just actually hanging out that that yeah. evening. Um, so, if you were to want to meet uh, them. It'd be a good good time. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the week kind of is, I don't know. You get get lucky. Yeah, yeah. We walked right past uh, when we walk, first walked in. We walked right past Eric Powell. Yeah, who writes the Goon and is awesome. And uh, I didn't have anything to say. I met him before and have things signed by him before. But yeah, he was just sitting there like there was no one mm-hmm. lined up to meet him, and he's Eric Powell. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that is that is pretty cool. Like uh, Tari McPherson was just sitting there hanging out. I don't know. No, she's an artist. Oh okay. Um, yeah, a few other Alex Party was just there. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was cool, but I only I, I didn't stay on the floor very long because there were no exclusives. Now, like last year, I lined up at the BBC America booth on preview night to get the uh, Mighty Boosh DVDs that had just come out. Because um, if you the first hundred people to buy all three seasons at the booth got the three cds of the radio show for free so that's i was one of those people who rushed in and lined up for something and i still managed to be you know 40th in line or something uh but um yeah i, I didn't stay this too long on the floor and then preview night is uh, I've, I've really grown to like like the sense of uh sort of i feel like the night of preview night this is only my second time it's it's like Right before the roller coaster goes over the hill, you know, mm. like yeah. there, it's that sort of that moment drawn out where you're like, Comic Con lays before me. There is, you know, it's open with possibility. Let's get drunk and talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's kind of what we did. Well, it's, it's, there's a lot of professionals around that uh-huh. night too. That's kind of yeah. uh, the rest of the the people haven't shown up. So the I yeah. know, professionals, they're all excited at that point. They're still, yeah. you know, have energy left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was fun. Uh, the The weekend is still open and, and brimming with possibility. Uh, <laughs> but we, um, uh, again, you weren't there, Tyler. But uh, I went uh, to and Patrick ended up meeting up. I, I, well, I met I met uh, R- Ryan and Rudy from the Criterion cast on yep. the uh, on the convention floor. I ended up spending a lot of time over the weekend over the convention with those guys. Really, really great guys. Uh, and we went to the Geek Tyrant meetup, mm-hmm. um, 
at the Omni and had a, had a few drinks, uh, and then we headed over to the Slash Film Meetup um, at the Marriott, where, uh, so, you know, Dave Chen wasn't there this year, but I met, uh, saw Peter Serretta, whom I met before, but had, mm-hmm. the, had a chance to finally meet uh, Devinder Hardwar, mm-hmm. who thinks I should quit smoking. And uh, met Adam Quigley, who is, I think, about 17 years old. <laughs> yeah, he's a young guy. It's, uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. He's young, and I could look down on him for that, but he's also, I think, more successful than I am. So uh, <laughs> I guess I can't look down on him that much. He's also, honestly, on that, on that podcast, ideologically, I find myself agreeing with Adam more than anyone else. I respect all their opinions, but... Adam thinks the way I do, I think. So mm. that was fun. Um, let's see. Dan Trachtenberg was there from Totally, totally, totally Rad, Rad Show. show. Uh, and then we ended up just going down by the pool and and drinking. And I got I – I set quite a precedent. I got very, very drunk on preview night. <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do at Comic-Con. <laughs> so let's skip ahead to Thursday then. Okay. I guess it's not skipping ahead. It's following the progression. That's the next day. Yeah. Uh, I'm not skipping it. I'm not going to tell you how I slept. Um, <laughs> uh, Thursday, when you arrived on Thursday, well, you technically arrived. Uh, no, I technically arrived on Thursday. Yes, but I, I was just saying. Yeah, I mean, you left your house here about the time I was going to sleep. Yeah, probably on Wednesday night at about two a.m. Yeah. Well, no, it was it was, no, it was Thursday morning at two a.m. Yeah. I don't want anyone to get confused. Yes. But yes, I had not yet gone to sleep. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, I keep very late hours. Uh-huh. And um, and it ha- in many ways, it is a, a hindrance to people. But sometimes it can be incredibly useful. For example, if you need to make that, that drive from Los Angeles to San Diego and you leave at 2 a.m., granted, you're probably going to run across a couple of freeway closings, uh-huh. but uh, they you know, they mark the detours pretty, pretty clearly. And what is normally, like, during the day, a three- to four-hour drive, if you're lucky, becomes about an hour and 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was really awesome and wonderful, and I was very excited. Um, so, yeah, we arrived in San Diego at 4 a.m., went right to sleep, woke back up uh, later than we should have, as it turns out. Um, Jen uh, was, uh, for those that don't know, Jen is a photographer, is a photographer, and she was uh, shooting the Clockwork Girl panel um, because a friend of ours uh, wrote the comic book and is directing the film, and uh, so she was uh, she was f- uh, photographing the panel, but uh, it was it was getting close and we couldn't find parking, and so I dropped Jen off, and then she just went on ahead. And what was fascinating is. For all the talk about badges at Comic-Con, which, of course, the, it's a big deal, uh, she was dressed all in black, had her photographer's gear, walked in with a sense of purpose. No one questioned her. Everyone just seemed to know. Exa- it's just like, <laughs> oh, let her go in. She clearly has somewhere to be. Um, it was very interesting. And so That's she had funny. to Yeah, so she was uh, in the convention for, like, several hours before, the, before she actually uh, went back and got her badge. Um, <laughs> I didn't so, know that. So, yeah, everyone, if you dress in black and wear, like, a camera around your neck and have a photographer's bag and walk in and don't, you can't hesitate, then I guess they'll just let you into the convention. It's no problem. Um, but uh, <laughs> so, Jen was le- so Jen left me to park by myself, and I tend to get kind of flustered when uh, in the midst of a lot of people. So I was, I looked for parking for about an hour, and I was furious because I didn't, I also didn't know the layout of downtown San Diego. 
And so I'm just like, I, I don't, I was so angry and I'm like, I cannot wait to tell David how much I hate this <laughs> and how much I'm not coming back next year. And so I finally found a place to park and, and hurried to the convention center and I was just, and I was fuming. I was so angry uh, because parking can be a very stressful thing in life, but parking in the midst of hundreds of thousands of people, uh, I would say twice as frustrating at least <laughs> and uh but as i was walking to go get my badge i told you this story david i passed a guy dressed as manos from manos the hands of fate uh-huh. and another guy dressed as torgo from the same film they were not associated with the uh with the convention i mean they were going but they were just people yeah. just fans and someone was getting their picture taken with them and once I and when I walked by that, I I immediately felt that you've talked about it before, David. Just that feeling of of camaraderie uh-huh. just wash over me because not <laughs> only did I know what those two guys were dressed up as, someone else wanted their picture taken with them. <laughs> it wasn't even just that they took a picture. It's like I want to be seen with these people. I want it documented that I was with these two guys for at least a few minutes. And so, um, so. Almost immediately, my uh, all the negativity that I was feeling, all the stress I was feeling, went away, and it didn't really come back. And the uh, just in general, as far as my mood, that that camaraderie, that feeling, uh, and that excitement, uh, pretty much stayed with me the whole time. And and Jen as well. We both really enjoyed it overall. I'm really glad. So, um, so I guess we should actually talk about what we saw. Um, I, I got kind of lucky Thursday morning because I wanted to. Uh, I really wanted to make sure to get in for the uh, Stan Freeberg panel I talked about two weeks ago. He was the guy who uh, did Looney Tunes voices, and he did some a lot of novelty records, and uh, he was referenced uh, somewhat obliquely in the Mad Men season four premiere on Sunday. Did you watch uh, it? No, I did not. Okay, oh, you're not you're not caught up. Not not okay. at all. I am also not caught up. Yeah, you're missing out. It was it was a really good premiere. Um, anyway, I'll see it at some point. I'm not yes. totally missing out. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, and I got I got lucky because I got there early enough, and there was still some room left. And I saw the second half of the Danny Elfman mm. panel. Nice, uh, which which was very cool. He's like a very nice guy, a very uh, very professional. People, this is. I guess we'll start talking about audience questions now, and how <laughs> how exhausting <laughs> and almost adorable <laughs> they can be, because. Um, People, most, most of them aren't really even questions. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what I love, I love the uh, the sort of Hall H. We'll get to Hall H later, but the Hall H thing of like uh, people booing a question, yeah. which I love. <laughs> um, somebody, were you in there for um, Cowboys and Aliens? No, I wasn't on Saturday. <laughs> I should say this, but somebody was like, uh, uh, "Hi, Mr. Ford, Harrison Ford." Harrison Ford was there. I'll talk about that. Um, he's like. Uh, my name's, you know, whatever. I believe you worked with my, you know, step uncle or something. On and everybody immediately just goes, boo! <laughs> Meaning, get to the fucking question. Quit, like, being a star fucker and wasting everyone's time because you're only going to get to four or five questions in any panel panel that size. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the Danny Elfman questions, people were like, uh, how come your wife isn't in movies anymore? She's really hot. He's married to Bridget Fonda. Oh, all right. Um, I didn't know that. And um, like, uh, what? Uh, I don't know. What are some movies that you wish you had done the score for? Which he very politely sidestepped that question because answering it might have been taken as like 
bad mouthing the people who did do this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so, uh, he was he was very professional, and I think uh, maybe not entirely um, used to the Comic Con thing. I don't know if he's been hmm. before, but uh, as soon as the panel ended, you've got 15 minutes between panels, and people who want the autograph of the person up on stage because they're probably not going to ever be in the same room as these people ever again just storm the stage mm. and so he actually stood and he signed i didn't i just wanted to get a better move up and get a better seat uh for stan freeberg but he signed for a few minutes and then the security guy and i love comic-con security guys okay uh because they um are filled with power over people they could probably beat up uh, <laughs> and they don't even really understand or probably care about what's going on. But <laughs> this guy just up and was like, Danny won't be signing any more autographs. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Uh, yeah. And then Stan Freeberg uh, was great. Showed some, he, he showed some old commercials that uh, he had, he, he had written. He, uh, uh, he's such an old, like Hollywood guy where I, he tells the story of his career and like you know it didn't actually happen that way because that's way too convenient and like mm-hmm. hollywood story-ish you know uh but you don't care because he's such a charming old awesome funny guy anyway uh but he also he claims that he invented the funny commercial that no one had thought to make commercials funny before he started writing commercials in the early 60s uh and that could be true i mean television hadn't been around long enough the commercials were just like you know, here's our product. Here's what's good about it. Here's the thing about that is that there's got to be, I mean, you have information at your fingertips. There's got to be a way to. Yeah, maybe he's right. Prove that. Maybe he is. That'd maybe be no one ever. But the commercials he showed were very funny. That's good. It was like this one was a commercial for pitted prunes, meaning that's a very confusing term. Because okay. a pitted prune is one that has had the pit removed. Oh, okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, and it was just this old, like, stuffy sort of uh, British guy talking about how, I don't care for prunes. Rather dreadfully wrinkly. I don't like wrinkly things. Also the pits. And then, <laughs> like, Stan Freeberg hands him a, a prune. He's like, try this. He's like, he's like, oh, no, no pit. Still rather badly wrinkled, though. <laughs> and then the... the uh, and then the slogan's like, you know, uh, sunsweet pitted prunes. First, like... Uh, first the pit, the pits, next the wrinkles. It's a very funny commercial. It's a pretty neat concept. And then, um, he did some Stan Freeberg, who's like ninety now. Did some songs off his new uh, album, which is like it's like if Andy Rooney wrote uh, a comedy song album. Mm-hmm. Like, what's with all these people on their cell phones all the time? And that, <laughs> but it's all very charming and and kind of funny, uh, you know. And like one is just a song of, that's a list of side effects from like a TV like medication commercial, you know, which is. Not the most original premise, but it's you, you know it's 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 very funny. Like the 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 one, it's like if you're pregnant or thinking of getting pregnant, if you have back spasms or are thinking of getting back spasms. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was very funny. So anyway, after that is when I ran into you. What did you do Thursday morning? I didn't see you until Thursday, lunch Thursday. morning. I was uh, walking around the floor. Okay. Still, um, Wednesday, I guess I just kind of spotted. Just I don't know. Picked out some some other booths I'd want to go back to, and went back to them and just bought a bought a few T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, bought some some plates. Not that I collect plates, but I wanted to buy some new plates, uh-huh. so uh, I saw some nice plates there and bought them. <laughs> uh, More plates was just said a lot. I know. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I just wandered around and then uh, met up with some people. Uh, I had to meet up with uh, other pretend for real people yeah. and yeah, Comic Con's half half business these 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 last few years. So yeah, I carried a I lot of know. business cards on me, but yeah, I think more so for you. Huh. <laughs> but um, I was uh, I was curious. Is, did you have to wait in line to get into the Danny Elfman? Uh, panel. I got in line because I thought, okay, Danny Elfman's already started. There's a line here. Uh, Stan Freeberg's next, and I'll definitely get in. It wasn't a very long line at that point. And then the line just sort of started moving. Like, I think they maybe thought they were at capacity. Maybe some people bailed early. Because the, the exits are always on the other side of every room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as they let people out, they let people in. They want to keep the room at capacity at all times. Um, and so, yeah, I only lined up for, a f- like, two minutes and all of a sudden i was in the danny elfman panel and there was still half an hour of it left yeah that seems extremely rare yeah for this comic con yeah um but yeah and then uh, well i saw you after that uh, tyler in the mm-hmm. in the sales pavilion went we went and talked to a friend of the show steven tobolowski that's right uh his wife gave me a cookie that she had made yeah my how girl- was it my girlfriend ended up eating it she no. said it was very good okay good um and then i had lunch with patrick mm-hmm. what, did, what did you do with your afternoon tyler well let's see uh so the first thing we did was, um, and I guess I'll go ahead and uh, get into this uh, right away. Um, so we went to a panel that was called uh, Disney uh, Character Creation, uh-huh. and uh, and I had read the the description and it talked about the evo- the 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 evolution of a, of a character design, uh, and then the people talking about it were the the creators of a the disney's new film called tangled mm-hmm. uh which i don't know when it comes out but uh so uh so we went and we watched it and it was very it was very interesting um but it was all about of course the characters from tangled now admittedly i could have i, I probably could have been able to dis- figure that out uh-huh. from the description oh well it's the people who made tangled so it's probably about that but it didn't explicitly say that and this would happen again with another panel uh, a couple days later. Uh, no, just one day later. Uh, and I think you had a similar experience. Where it's – okay, here's the thing. So there's the Futurama panel, the Simpsons panel, Dexter panel, Thor. All these things, names right in the title. Why not call it the Tangled Character Creation panel? And then the next day, the – uh, Hatchet Two panel, like wh- as opposed to calling it Old School American Horror, which sounds much more interesting to me than the sequel to a movie I never saw and didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's things like this where, you know, part of me feels like and okay, I again I enjoyed the Disney panel quite a bit. It was really interesting seeing the the evolution of these characters. Um, I will say though that there was one moment where they're like, "Oh, we decided here's we wanted the the main guy to look r- really attractive, you know." So we got like all the women in the studio together and said, "Who, you know, all the all the attractive male celebrities? What do you like about them?" So we like, we compiled all their answers, and then he shows he shows like a, a very rough sketch, and it looks it looks really angular and looks kind of cool, and you're like, "Oh, that's neat." And then he goes, he goes, "So we went from that to this, and then it goes, and then it you still it's that rough." sketch and it's the same pose but the edges have been curved out a little bit and so all of a sudden it's like oh it's aladdin yeah you, you wound up uh, you did all this research you could have just looked at aladdin because that's where you <laughs> that's how you wound up or the character from treasure planet more specifically but uh that's neither here nor there it was still fun it was still fun to watch yeah. what what are you laughing at no the treasure planet it, it looks just back. like the guy yeah yeah With um, the hair f- 
hair yeah, floppy. Yeah, the, the flappy, floppy hair, but still that that strong chin. Um, but uh, but it did just bother me that it's like people are going to be waiting in line for an hour for your panel. Mm. And I, I'm not saying that you're trying to trick them, but you should probably be a little more forthcoming with what the panel's going to be. I think I don't think you can blame Comic Con. I think you have to blame Disney or the company. No, yeah, no, that's who I blame. I don't blame Comic Con in general. Um, and I, I think you you have to, as much as I love Comic Con, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. That mm. every panel is someone trying to sell you something, essentially. Yeah. For the most part, occasionally there are, but even even the panels, it's like. A look back at Stan Winston. Did you go to the Stan well, Winston yeah. panel? Uh, there were two that were pretty much that situation. It was the Stan Winston panel, mm-hmm. which I thought. Were you there? I, I went oh, there. Too. I was right. there for maybe maybe half an hour. Okay. Um, but that was still a guy yeah. who had written a book about Stan Winston. Like he's still kind of trying. Well, to Well, it was it. really an advertisement for a visual effects school. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Um, I mean, everything they said about the school sounded great, but that wasn't why I had gone there. Right. Um, and so that was uh, just a little discerning. Um, then there was another panel that I'd went to that was how to start your own animation studio. And I was there with the other pretend for real people. Yeah. And it was, we were just kind of designated it as a place to meet up. And we went in and old, old guy was talking. I don't know. He didn't, I missed whatever credits he had done. Um, but he just went on about, oh, you should have like a, a backup job. You should be a waiter. Or you should try to like work at just Nickelodeon Studios, do whatever you wanted to get as close to what you want to do as possible, which is somewhat good advice. Mm. But he then switched over to just talking about himself and everything that he had accomplished and like going into detail about a maquette that he had created and like the joints in the fingers. And this okay. had nothing to do with running your own studio. And then he handed out volunteer slips into the crowd. And he was just really trying to get free labor mm-hmm. for whatever project he was going to be doing on the on the side. Yeah, and uh, I, I left that panel. Yeah, <laughs> after about ten minutes. Yeah, now, which imagine. which leads me to to the question, and I, I realize we are ma- going at a, sli- a snail's pace here, but uh, uh, that's okay. I'm going to breeze over a lot of the stuff that I did in general. But uh, the question: How does one actually get a panel? How how do you? I don't know. At Comic Con, it's something sure. I was curious about. I was, I was telling David that there should be a movie podcast panel with. What a coincidence. Uh-huh. I was also saying that to everyone that would listen. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, David, we should get in on that. Okay. With that thing that doesn't exist. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> Comic-Con? Uh, are you sitting down? <laughs> no, you pick up the, the telephone, <laughs> operator. Operator, get me Comic-Con. <laughs> um, but uh, that is something that I was curious about, and I'd like to I'd like to do the research on, because because as you mentioned, a lot of it is just all of it really is just putting yourself out there. Yes. Um, I mean, there's a panel for, uh, what is it? A twilight fan fiction author appreciation panel. There's a panel for that. That's awesome. Uh, it's, I would have loved to have gone to that panel, but, (laughs) um, I think, I think a a film podcast, just various people who do the same thing you guys do would Mm -hmm. be wonderful and be super entertaining. The fan fiction thing would be a letdown because, Comic-Con tries to keep it family-friendly, and there wouldn't be any <laughs> celebration of slash fiction, which is all I would want to hear about. Um, there actually was... Uh, do, do you want to keep it chronological, or do you want to bounce around? We can bounce around. Okay. Um, because I actually did go to a panel, and it might have been my favorite panel of the of the whole the whole thing. Not that I went to very many, but um, I re- we went to uh, a panel called Indie Fans Panel. And it's... Uh, hosted it's I-N-D-Y. By, I-N-D-Y fans so fans of indiana jones and so 
you got in there. Not, not fans of indie, rock. indie films or indie rock. Yeah, no, no. Um, it's not about it's not about broken social scene. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Um, that was a Scott Pilgrim's panel. <laughs> so, that, uh, so it was, and what it what it wound up being is, the guy who uh, who led the panel was uh, like a Disney Imagineer, and he had made a, f- a documentary called Indie Fans. Um, I talked to him afterwards about being on the show. He, le- he said he'd love to, to do it, so maybe we'll have him on someday okay. soon. Um, but, uh, so he, you know, he talked about his documentary, but he didn't push that at all. He really didn't push anything. He talked about, uh, hey, here's some new things about the Indiana Jones ride. And then it was just, and then we, had, then there, we I watched, I didn't come dressed as anybody, but they had a, a costume contest, and there was, a, <laughs> there was an awesome-looking uh, Henry from Last Crusade, that's Sean Connery's character, uh, the three Indiana Jones girls, Marion, uh, Willie from um, Temple of Doom, and then Ilsa from Last Crusade. Uh, there was a uh, tote, the 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 melting Nazi in the first mm-hmm. one. Uh, so all these, and then it's several Indiana Jones, and they were all standing there, and it was, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. And then afterwards, it just was Q and A, and I you almost feel like they would. They, you, w- you wish that they had put these, the chairs in a circle because it was really more of a discussion than a Q&A. Because, uh, and I, for, for admittedly some manipulative purposes, I, asked, I, I raised my hand to ask two questions that I was only vaguely interested in the answer to. But frankly, I was planting a seed in the person's mind because I went and talked to him afterwards. And, and Exactly. <laughs> We'll get to that in, an, in another episode. Um, but uh, I was planting the seed so that when I went up and said, hey, my, I'm Tyler Smith. I host a podcast. He goes, oh, you asked the question about this. Yes, I did. Thank you for remembering. And uh, so that's mostly why I asked it, because I'm very manipulative. But that one, honestly, I wish that there were more panels like that, where it's really just people who all love a thing. Well, there are. They're just for things it. that you either don't care about or have never heard of. Well, fair enough. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but yeah, I I really enjoyed that one. It's 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 what I really wanted, all, uh, like all the other panels to be, and it's what I had desperately hoped the old school American horror panel would have been. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Okay. Well, Thursday. What else? Uh, I went to the JJ JJ Abrams Joss Whedon panel, which is a thing that Entertainment Weekly does cool panels every year, where they sort of. Uh, it's not really about any one thing it's the it's a subject like last year it went to they did it again this year the uh girls who kick ass yeah. or something mm-hmm. but la- last year it was uh eliza dushku sigourney weaver zoe saldana and elizabeth mitchell uh it was great um i think the year before it was the showrunners panel and it was uh uh damon lindelof carlton cuse um josh schwartz uh brian fuller so yeah, it was really cool. And this this year it was just it was in Hall H, um, and it was just J.J. Abrams and Joss Whedon. Uh, is we are a movie podcast, so I should mention uh, people probably know by now. But Joss Whedon, at this panel, actually officially announced that he's directing the Avengers movie, which was also I mean already everyone already kind of yeah. knew that was happening, mm-hmm. but it hadn't been official, and he announced it. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And then it was them just sort of talking about how great they are, <laughs> like how great each other are, really. Oh, okay. You know, um, but I have to assume you enjoyed that because you agreed with them. Yeah, I don't know, JJ Abrams. I like a lot of stuff he's done. I think he's a really good uh, salesman. Okay, he's really good at getting me to want to see a thing, mm-hmm. but not necessarily maintaining my interest. Mm-hmm. You know, do you agree? 
Yeah, I'd say so. Um, oh, I mean, I, I, Fringe is not bad. Um, but uh, and then I went to the Dexter panel, which uh, I love Dexter, but it was a lot of one-word answers, and uh, but the footage looks good for season five. Yeah, I went to the Showtime Heroes or Anti-Heroes right panel in, in right before Dexter. And uh, and this is, of course, where I will, yes, chime in. Uh, I, I, I want to pay off something that I pay off. That's not that's a kind of a lofty word for what I'm about to say. Um, but earlier I talked about why I stopped listening to the best show on WFMU. Um, I, and, and the same reason that when uh, whenever Letterman or whenever Conan would go into the audience, uh, I don't care about audience members. Uh, I, I don't care about them. Chances, sometimes they'll try to be funny and they're not, or they try to relate to the person they're asking a question to and they can't. And nine times out of ten, their question winds up being uh, a repeat of another question. Yeah. Only yeah. Sli- a word is yeah. slightly different. Oh, I love that though. I I hate it so well, much. I hate it, but I love seeing it. And I, I, I love just, seeing it too. I don't because it's just like. I, how about this? You guys just talk for a while. We're all here to see you. You're probably you probably already know what everyone's going to ask anyway. Uh-huh. So just you guys talk for a while, or have the moderator ask questions because he's probably probably a little more trained at this sort of thing. It I'm railing at length about a lot of stuff at Comic Con. I did enjoy myself, but it was little things like I could tell that David Duchovny was getting pissed off because you. Re- I imagine he's probably tired of hearing the words Fox Mulder. Uh, over and over again. Well, he shouldn't have come to Comic Con. He shouldn't. Have, he really shouldn't have. But just in talking about Californication, uh, they uh, all they did was all people did was ask about X Files, and yeah, that's, and it's just like that's why I like the sounds questions. about right. It's it's un, un- but that's not what but, it's about, man. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> Allow it to exist outside of the structure. It's Comic Con. They're coming to us. We will ask them the questions we want to ask them. We're, we're not. They're on our time. Mm-hmm. They came all the way. Fucking on Saturday, Jeremy Renner, just because he's playing Hawkeye mm-hmm. in the Avengers, came down to San Diego, waited backstage, walked on stage, stood for a picture, and then left with all the other people. He didn't get to say anything. He wasn't interviewed. He wasn't. He came to another city to stand in front of a bunch of people and get his picture taken yeah. because that's mm-hmm. where we were that day. That's what I love about Comic Con. Like we have, we have power for those four days, and they come to us and they will answer our fucking questions. Yeah, but our questions are stupid. <laughs> oh, oh my! With, no, without a doubt. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that reminds me of something that happened to the J.J. Abrams Joss Whedon thing. <laughs> this guy. By the okay. way, he started sounding a little uh, Marxist there, like just <laughs> some old school nineteen uh, <laughs> nineteen teens Russia there. Uh, well, that's okay with me. Um, I know it is. No, I, I'm not a Marxist. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so, yes, the questions are stupid. But did you were you in Hall H at all? No, Tyler? not at all. Okay, so it's sixty five hundred people. Yeah, and when you ask a question, they point the video camera at you. And so not so the four screens Ugh. has the person asking the question. So imagine this guy steps up, and as soon as the camera's on him, I almost can't do it because I'm so embarrassed for him. It was so stupid. Uh, but as soon as the camera's on him, he goes, "Bad robot." <laughs> no, no. And then he walked he just, off. No, and then he asked this question, <laughs> but he clearly thought he'd get a laugh by doing the J.J. Abrams. You, know, just, you know what that is? Yeah, the bad robot. Is, yeah, I right? know. It's at the end of the. It's his, uh, by post- j- merely production it, company, right? Yeah, it's his like his. Uh, I had a name for it. What, what would that be called? 
There's there's a specific name for those things, and I don't know what they are. It's but, like a bumper or something. But it's just, so he went up, said, "Bad robot." No, no. And then, but seriously, folks, <laughs> as if he had made a joke. Yeah. <laughs> said, no, I'm kidding. No, you're not kidding. You said "bad robot" in yeah. a stupid voice. Well, uh, you can't take it back now by saying was, no. no. Like, if anything, I would say you were you were completely sincere. Yeah. There was no kidding in that at all. But oh, it was just that sort is of like, oh, just that's the thing is they maybe didn't even boo him. That was just like dead silence. Just maybe, maybe it's the I don't know. Maybe it's the awkwardness of audience questions where it's just like I don't, I don't want any part of this. There's enough awkwardness in my own life. I don't want to see yours in front of a bunch a bunch of people. Okay, so that's Thursday. Thursday night we had the meetup. We did, which went well. Very uh, yes, very I'm much. Hoping so. you, I, I know you have a better memory than I do, and you don't drink, so there are some names that I'm going to forget. Okay, but we met. Uh, well, I had actually met um, a listener, uh, awesome dude by the name of West. Yeah. Um, at the uh, Stan Freeberg panel earlier in the day, but he came. Yeah. Um. Uh. Well, Venkman and uh, another Geek Tyrant guy, yeah. R.P. McMurphy from, from Geek Tyrant, yeah. and then Ryan and Rudy uh, from Criterion Cast were there. What are the names of the listeners that were there? I'm, I'm there was Jason uh-huh. and Sheldon. Jason and Sheldon. Yes. yes. And, uh, and then there was, uh, there was Kevin from uh, Clockwork Girl. Um, and uh, friend of the show, he hasn't been on the show, but he designed our poster. Adam Rebitaro was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and I think that was... Oh, no, uh, I'm sorry. Dave, Dave. Amiot Yeah, was he was there. not at the con. He drove down yeah. to come hang out with us. Exactly. What a I've, cool guy. I'm going to be on, be on his podcast. It, yeah, he has a, a, a podcast, the the uh, basis of... Uh, the the premise of which I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, it's called the Benny South Street Chronicles, and uh, it's it's really solid. It's basically people's experience in theater when they were much younger. I've been on the show, and I was also... I also did a supplement episode of that podcast in which I talked about... Uh, I was able to share with him because he agrees with my opinion uh, about not being a huge fan of the Heath Ledger Joker. But uh, uh, so you can go and listen to that. Okay. Um, so, and sorry. Patrick, you came to the meetup for a little bit, and then yeah. you you sure did. Yes. Then you took yeah. off for the Showtime party, which you ended up getting me and Rudy into. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I don't know how that happens, but it does sometimes. Uh, yeah. That was just a rooftop party. Yeah, it was really it, cool. It had free alcohol, so uh, by the time I got there, it was oh, I'm sorry. The bar, had, the open bar was over, and it was twelve dollars for a scotch and water. But now, how did you get into said Showtime party? And what was the Showtime party? Uh, the Showtime party just was a rooftop party. I think uh, the cast of uh, of Dexter was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that was it. I got in because uh, I was, I'd met a friend earlier and got introduced to somebody from CBS, and that person from CBS went to my high school, and she was at the Showtime party. So not not because of any anything I've accomplished in my life. <laughs> well, you didn't alienate just that person. Knowing there someone. you go. There you go. You know, and that can be very difficult to do. Just That's ask true. David. Yeah. <laughs> um, now uh, at the Showtime party, were there any were there any celebrities there that you guys got to talk to? They they were walking around with normal people. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it was it's like weird. they're they're just like us, only a lot more recognizable. Uh, yeah, not that I again. I to. came late after the thing, but you saw Grace Park. Grace Park was and, there. Uh, uh, Michael C. Hall. Michael C. Hall were the only two that I, I had recognized. Did you um, say hello to them? No, I did not. Oh, uh-huh. here's my favorite thing. I've said it on Twitter. I've said it to a lot of other people, but uh, 
uh, at the Dexter panel, they were talking about how Julie Benz is no longer going to be on Dexter the next season, mm-hmm. and she's on No Ordinary Family with Michael Chiklis. Yeah. And Michael C. Hall said, Julie's on a new show this fall with Michael C. Hicklis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. So uh, we decided that uh, this episode was too long, and so we are splitting it up. So uh, you can hear all about Friday, Saturday, and Sunday uh, in episode 176, which will be up. I don't know if we're putting it up on the same day, uh, but if not, it will be up uh, within a couple of days after this. So, um, so yeah, come back for that. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>